1: Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out Sports.com. That's spelled out F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com, for all the latest heat news. Also, the other South Florida teams, the Miami Dolphins dropped to 3-11 and today, losing to the New York Giants. Also, obviously, we have Marlins News, Panther News, Hurricane News, and much, much more. And the other podcasts in our network are there, too. Three yards per carry, five rings canes, light-skinned opinions, balls cast, Shula ball and the rest of them before we get to today's episode i want to tell you about something we've got coming up this wednesday so this wednesday night heat sixers culture v process we're going to be at the gold club in pompano beach it's not far from sample road just off the power line so not too far if you live somewhere in the broward or palm beach area If you want to make the trek up from dade we'll welcome you there too but we're going to be there starting at about six o'clock we're going to have t-shirt giveaways Alf, you and I—we're going to record a podcast from where, Alf? Where we live from the stage. Live from the stage. We are not going to give you the shirts off our backs. We will get. I will.
0: Down. I will be fully clo- I will be fully clothed. Don't worry. That's
1: right. I had. That's part of the agreement, actually, with the Gold Club Pompano. So, Gold Club Pompano—we're going to be there Wednesday. Here's the big thing about this: If you're a little concerned, can I get out for the night? What am I going to tell my significant other? Bring that person, because ladies get in free the entire night so in free the entire night all night long all the way up to 2 a.m like I said we'll be there starting at 6 it's gonna be a great time we had a bunch of people at our last watch party at Duffy's in North Miami Beach everybody's like when are we coming back to Broward we're coming back to Broward so join us Wednesday night six o'clock Heat Sixers starts at seven and now today's episode welcome to
0: five on the floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alban Sidney, aka Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on Five on the Floor. We do things a little bit differently today, Alf. We're going to get to some news first before we get to the analysis. I had this last night, so I had it before the Mavericks game, but I decided to hold it till the morning. Made the mistake of teasing it on Twitter. Everybody got upset at me because if you tease news, everyone assumes it's a trade, particularly if it's right before a significant NBA milestone date, which is December 15th, when more players around the league are eligible to be traded. So no one has been traded. As far as I know, no one will be traded by the time we record this podcast. But Deion Waiters was suspended again. You guys were familiar with that. Third suspension of the year, 14 games total. This one is six games but everybody's like, why, right? Like continued insubordination. Why was he suspended again? Well, Alf, you want to ask the question why he was suspended again?
0: Ethan, why was Dion suspended again?
1: Well, Alf, here's the reason for
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because Dion likes to use Instagram, as a lot of people do. He has um, about 360,000 followers on his at Waiters 3 account, which, by the way, is now private. I don't know if it was always private, but at some point, He posted a photo, either as a story, which if you're not familiar with Instagram, stories disappear after 24 hours unless they're archived, or as a post. I'm not sure exactly which because we've never actually seen this post, but the heat did, Um, and it was apparently since taken down. But it is Dion hanging out, having a great time in a boat, which is something that people like to do in South Florida, particularly if you want to take, say, take a cruise to Waiters Island, right? Like you would get on a boat. The problem with this, Alf, you want to ask what the problem was?
0: What was the problem with that, Ethan?
1: The problem with that is that he told the Heat he was sick. So he was unavailable to them. And yeah, you know, that's a
0: bad move. <laughs> I mean, that's, is like, yeah, that so is, that's like rule number one of calling out sick. If your bosses follow you on social media, do not post any pictures of having a good time. Just sit that day out.
1: Correct. I mean, usually what you're concerned about in a situation such as that is that somebody else will post a photo of you, right? Like, so you're like, please, no pictures. I don't really want anybody to know what I'm doing, right? Like, that, that would, you know, that's the normal approach to this. You don't post. Yeah, you don't it do it to yourself. You right. don't do it to yourself ever. Right. So apparently he did this to himself. Uh, the Heat saw this. I want to be very clear, though, and Barry Jackson can basically confirmed my report afterwards to the Miami Herald. He did credit us. Thank you, Barry. You're one of the few. Um, but Barry, (laughs) but Barry came out because now everybody's crediting Barry, which that's how this works in this business. But anyway, uh, Barry did credit us and Barry uh, added a little bit to this and, and but did confirm this. This was not just about the, this boating incident. Okay. It's not just that. Um, but this was kind of the primary thing this time. This is a cumulative thing. There were a couple of more incidents, my understanding, Uh, Since the last seven-game suspension, which he apologized to his team for publicly, right, and now, but, uh, you know, this thing with the boat kind of triggered everything, and there were some other things. But, again, timeline here, there were problems last season. Remember the whole rehabilitation. It goes all the way back to the ankle injury from the previous season. The whole rehabilitation and his conditioning, the way he decided to go about it, whether to have surgery, not to have surgery, the issues kind of started there. Then they decided to give him a fresh start this offseason. But remember, Alpha came after Riley said, you know, I let the culture slip, right? And we've seen what he's done with James Johnson and then what they did with Dion. They weren't going to let the culture slip anymore. So, you know, that was put into place, but it was, okay, Dion. here's a fresh start. Shows up to training camp. He felt he was in shape. Remember, I was there that day with Alex up in West Palm. I was there with Alex and Anthony Chang. And they said, well, he's not in Miami heat shape which then we went to Dion and Dion wasn't really that thrilled with that. And there was something else about kind of the way they wanted him to play. And Dion seemed to have a different idea about that. And then of course, you know, there was the one game suspension, the, 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 the sort of goofing off on the bench or, or making it clear he wasn't happy on the bench. Um, and then also the Instagram posts about Eric Spolstra, implying that Eric, you know, only won championships because he had the big three. So that was one suspension then there was the second suspension, which was the the, the flight out to Los, Los Angeles for a Laker game, and Dion had the issue with the th you know C infused gummies, and then this. Um, I've heard there have been other incidents that have not been reported, and one of the reasons that the Heat are so frustrated with him is they felt like they were covering not I wouldn't say covering stuff up, but they were trying not to embarrass Dion publicly about some other stuff, and so they just feel like they keep getting slapped in the face. Any thoughts on this before I get to what they do next?
0: I mean, I like I said before, I just think it's really sad. I think Dion actually had a an opportunity this year um, that other people are taking advantage of. Like you see, Derrick Jones Jr. the last few games has been playing really well. Kendrick Nunn, Goran Dragic, um, Tyler Hero. There's a lot of these minutes that could have been uh, some of them could have been Dion's, but he just he kind of blew it. And it's you just gotta wonder what's. You know what's going on uh, with Dion himself to the, that he's basically sabot. It's almost like he's self-sabotaging his career. We talked about you pu- you're posting pictures on a day you're supposed to be homesick. Um, you're pu- you're putting these things out there on social media w- with an organization who is known for zero tolerance and not playing games. And maybe the culture slipping the last few years made Dion think he can get away with this stuff. Jimmy in town and the team doing well. They don't even they don't need him. So why would they? You know, why are they going to put up with this crap? So, to me, it's sad. Um, I, I wonder, well, it's not, I know, he'll, I don't think he'll ever play for the Heat again. I think that's pretty obvious. But will he ever play in the NBA again? Or is the ne- or his next stop going to be, like, Israel or Greece? Because who is going to want to take on this headache for, for a guy who, outside of half of a season and some good uh, six-man minutes in Oklahoma City, who's going to want to take on that headache for the kind of production that Dion offers?
1: Well, and so that gets to what the Heat do now because uh, it was reinforced to me again last night by the three people I spoke to that there's been no market for him. Absolutely zilch. I mean, no interest whatsoever. And so now there's less, right? And so, you know, what are their options? And I thought Albert Named, you know, kind of summarized these pretty well. Barry did as well today, which is, you know, option number one is to try to trade him. Okay, they've tried to do that. They don't want to attach an asset. An asset would be at this point, a Justice Winslow or a Derek Jones Jr., all right, pretty much. Um, they don't have their full you know, group of second-round picks because they've gotten rid of a lot of those. You know you can only trade first-round picks in opposite years. Um, they do have a lot of them coming back into the fold now, but why would you want to dump a first-round pick just to get rid of Dion at this stage? So I, the trade possibility, even though, like I said, December 15th it opened up a lot, it, it, there's really nothing there. Okay, so what are their other options? Well, you could stretch him. Okay, they stretch Ryan Anderson, though they can't stretch Dion this year. They could stretch his contract next year, but that means four million dollars, essentially a little more than four million, of dead cap for three seasons starting. And it doesn't
0: even seasons. it doesn't even free up space.
1: No, it doesn't free up space, and they're already doing this with Ryan Anderson. So you know they've already got this with one guy. So do you, you really want to do it with another guy? So that's not a great option. Okay, so the net, the, the really the only options at this point you know, have to do with coming to some kind of a meeting of the minds with Rich Paul, which is a complicating factor here because, you know, Rich is now Dion's agent. As we know, Rich and the Heat did not – I don't know what the relationship is now, but it wasn't great when LeBron left um, because he's LeBron's guy. And so, you know, you've got a situation now where you have to come to an agreement. Either you try to work out a buyout, all right, but dion has got to be willing to give up money. Uh, Barry wrote pretty much what I've heard as well, which is that, dion's not willing to give up any money he's in denial about this so you, you can't do that so the other, other question is you could keep suspending him well at some point the players association is going to jump in right and you're going to end up with a long dispute or you just you know you send him away with pay i guess and he can go on as many boats as he wants and i thought it was funny because barry wrote this and it's true if if they're sending him away then he doesn't have to conform to riley's conditioning standards anymore so he can he can go on a cruise. He can go, I mean, go eat at the buffet. Like, nobody's going to stop him, right? I, so, I, but I don't know what you do. I, I mean, at this point, I, I don't think it's hurting the team. I mean, they're, and we're going to get to basketball in a second. I mean, they're doing pretty damn well. So, I, you know, but you're right. They could have used him in that back-to-back. I mean, they, they don't have, other than Jimmy, uh, they don't have a second guy. They don't have a second guy right now. With when We're going to talk a lot about Winslow in this episode. They don't have a second guy to, to break down the defense, get to the basket, and make some plays for himself and others. They don't these, have-
0: game, these games without Gorin and, and Winslow, he would have definitely gotten minutes. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Um, yes. Because he has played a little point guard for this team, especially that 30-11 year. Actually, he played a lot of point guard. He, he initiated the offense a lot. And one thing about Dion, you know, a lot we call him a black hole, but he can pass. Um, he can initiate. He can set up other guys and they could have used him. And especially when he's engaged and healthy, his defense as well is is, is pretty damn strong. So yeah, he, he there was a huge opportunity for him this year. And they could, they really could have used him. And I mean, here here we are.
1: Yeah, here we are. And I mean, no one has, has ever said Dion can't play basketball. Like this is, these people that are on Twitter, we've got one guy, I did a 305 Live today, which is still on the Twitter feed. We got one guy, uh, he goes by a fake name, but He's just sitting on there bashing the Heat organization for this. I mean, I don't know if it's Dion's burner. I'm not sure. I but it's I, I don't know what you want the Heat to do. I mean, again, I know more about this than has been reported. All right. Now, some of the details are starting to trickle out, but when you start to put all these pieces together, I mean they, they're being very protective of their quote unquote culture, right? They made it clear after last season, and I mentioned, that between Riley and Spolster that they were just not gonna tolerate it anymore. And so you know, I, you know, and then they come out with the James Johnson thing. And J.J., they're not angry at J.J., is my understanding, but he still has not worked his way back in, into any semblance of the rotation. Now he's got some personal issues to attend to, which I heard are legitimate. But they, they you know, they can't – he can't work his way back in. I mean, what did Dion expect? And, and none of this has been about basketball. So, you know, this is a situation where, again, they got duped um, by a guy on a make-good contract who said all the right things. I don't want to replay the whole, the whole situation. That
0: damn article, man. That, that damn, damn article.
1: article. <laughs> oh, <players laughs> Yo, blame Derek, Derek Jeter. He owns that thing, right? Uh, players' tribune. But I, I don't – there's nowhere for them to go with it right now other than keep them away from the team. They, they, this team, look how young this team is. How many guys do they have over 25 or under? Justice, DJJ, Bam, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Chris Silva. I just named six. is Isn't I think there's a seven. That they've got, oh, and Kaziak and Pala. They've got seven yeah. guys on this team, six of whom are contributing, who are 25 or under. They don't have that many veterans. They've got Udonis, Strogich, and Butler, right? And I guess Olenik is a young vet, and Myers is a young vet. But they don't have that many vets. So they, they don't want, they don't need somebody in who's, who has this kind of, I mean, again, between the drugs, the, 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 you know, the, the, the playing hooky, the trashing the coach, the complaining about playing time, the complaining about, you know, role. And I'm, mean, I, I when I say role, it's not just playing time, it was also the way he wanted to play. I mean, I, I asked him in, and I like Dion. I, I asked Dion, uh, in training camp, you know, about, you know, kind of was he going to look for his shots, you know, more from three or at the basket this year? And he talked about, well, you know, the analytics and all that. I don't really believe in that. You know, if somebody goes under the screen, you shoot it. And again, that's fine. But, but it's contrary to kind of the way the heat wanted them to play so they have not been on the same page for any of this um I think the most likely solution at this point is they're just gonna send him away with pay that's it yeah that's what I,
0: that's what I see happening that's yeah. not, the waving the stretching the buyout none of this only only way you could you could see maybe a buyout is if Dion puts basically basketball ahead of money because I don't see he has to know that if he sits out a whole Two NBA seasons, basically two and a half, basically since last year. Mm-hmm. Um, two and a half NBA seasons. Nobody's picking him up in 2021, right? It, unless he, if he, unless he says, okay, I'll take the buyout and then try out for some teams over the summer and maybe gets picked up somewhere on a on a vet minimum. But he's gonna be losing a lot of cash, so I don't see it happening. So at the end of the day, it's it's gonna be he's gonna be sent home with pay, and it's probably it's gonna be one of the weirdest. Things in Miami Heat history. One of the weirdest contract situations, where they're just paying a guy to sit at home, go to buffets, and eat on a boat.
1: Yeah, that's basically where they're at. I mean, the Smush Parker thing was odd. I mean, they've had some strange situations. Remember, Rafer Olsen disappeared. Um, that you know that that was there was more to that story
0: too. Oh yeah, the, yeah, Rafer and Smush <laughs> <Right>. were weird. <laughs>
1: right, uh, but the, I mean, so there's been a couple. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, they've had some crazy stuff. I mean, they, they've had. I mean, there's legendary stories. I mean, I remember Todd Day training camp, like basically. What I remember, like, Riley told, told him to go home and never come back. Um, <laughs> there, there's, been, there's been some stuff. Um, and, there's, look, there's been dissension behind the scenes over the years. I mean, you know, may you rest in peace, Anthony Mason. Remember that all-star year? And then Zoe came back, and Mason spent the entire kind of last month of the season and, and that very short playoff run. It was three games, actually, I think, against uh, against Mash's team, right? Again, after the trade, it's Mash and PJ's team. Uh, you know, he, he spent the whole time moping. Uh, I mean, they've had, you know, obviously Whiteside. I mean, it, it, things are never going to be totally perfect, but the Heat have had, I would say, a lot fewer of these situations than other teams. No team is immune from them. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is arguably the best player in the world right now. I don't actually, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's him or Giannis, right, or or LeBron at at his highest level. Um, and the, you know, the, one of the two best organizations in the sport, in my view, the San Antonio Spurs could could not agree with him on conditioning stuff. Could not agree with him. Uh, in terms of you know getting on the same page as his legendary Hall of Fame coach, who basically helped mold him, right? So this stuff happens. I, that it, it's not you know totally out of the realm of of uh, the usual, but it's just the way that this is happening, where it seems like um, Dion is kind of spiraling in a way that I guess we saw Antonio Brown spiral a little bit, right? So I I, I think we've you know and, and I, I hope it works out for everybody, but at this point I don't see I don't see how he ever plays for the Heat again. We said that about a month ago. I mean, nothing has happened to reverse that. It's it's only accelerated it. All right, we're gonna go to break here in a second. When we come back, we're gonna talk about two things. We're gonna talk about Justice Winslow, and then we're gonna talk about these last two games and kind of get into where the heat are right now. Right back
0: after a word from Alf. It's Alf here to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Jim Unity. Jim Unity is a personal training facility in Plantation, Florida, headed up by my good friend Mark Decker. Mark and his staff provide high quality personal training and one on one sessions to get you into the best shape of your life. What's the Gym Unity difference? Gym Unity is dedicated to personalizing your experience and coming up with the best workout for your specific needs. The staff actually listens to you, the customer, and tailors your workouts to get the best results. Whether it's pre or post rehab, weight loss, or getting student athletes ready for the upcoming season, Gym Unity provides the best personal training anywhere in South Florida. So call Mark and the staff at 661-607-3571 to set up your free evaluation, or even hit him up on Instagram at Jim Unity. That's 661-607-3571 for Jim Unity. And back to the show.
1: All right, back here on the Five on the Floor podcast again, of course, check out our watch party Wednesday night, Heat Sixers, 6 o'clock, Gold Club, Pompano got any questions just send me a dm at five reasons sports all right next topic today before we get to the games and usually we do these game recaps right after i know it's been a couple of days by the time you hear this from that laker game so we'll touch on it but i really want to get to one of the issues with this team and it's still justice winslow and he is the most polarizing player on the heat which is weird um to me it's weird to me in the way ryan Tannehill was polarizing with the dolphins because justice is not a guy who makes any enemies really. I mean, so it's it just personality wise. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's start here before we get to why we want to talk about justice. going to over- say he's made,
0: he's made a lot of enemies on Twitter somehow. Well,
1: well that's what I'm saying. Okay. So are we, you and I, you and I live on Twitter, right? Much more than we should. Are, Definitely. are we over, we, are we overreacting? Um, to a few people trying to get quote unquote clout on Twitter as opposed to what the heat fan base really thinks like it, the, the general heat fan base, are they like putting justice Winslow in the trade machine every 15 minutes? Like, I, or, or are we overreacting, you know, to maybe a handful of people, um, some of whom we know have no credibility who are just, you know, have a thing for justice. It seems to be a lot of the same people for whatever reason that we're, you know, would defend Hassan Whiteside at every turn and say he should be playing <laughs> over Bam Adebayo. We see yeah. what people know about basketball. I mean, what, are we overreacting to this? I, before we get to something that I think is a legitimate. I mean, there are legitimate issues we can talk about with Justice Winslow. The one issue I don't think you can talk about and be, you know, g- given any respect as as somebody who follows or understands basketball, is to make the argument that they're better off without justice because I think they're thirteen and three playing without him it reminds me of that without wade thing remember that like that was yeah, uh
0: it's nonsense
1: it, it, right remember that but that was a hashtag for a while without wade right it was like the yeah third year, the big two, second or third year of the big three maybe it was a fourth year and because they were playing better by putting not playing better but they were winning games by putting james jones or mike miller or somebody else in that slot so it had to have been one of the first three seasons um miller wasn't there the fourth year And, but it was just, it was ludicrous, though. I mean, you're not better without Dwayne Wade. Now, I'm not saying justice is Dwayne Wade, but to say that they couldn't have used another creator in the past couple games, that they, you know, to to take the burden off Jimmy, that they couldn't have used another defender against, you know, as good a job as Derek Jones Jr. did, that, you know, maybe LeBron doesn't get off in that game if he's got to see justice also, right, for 15 to 20 minutes. I, I don't know how you can make a credible basketball argument about that stuff, but are we overreacting? To, to a few, you know, like I said, people chasing clout.
0: What The thing with Justice that I see overall is the people who are more analytical, the stat, quote-unquote stat guys, the people who look into the numbers more, Justice has become kind of the analytical darling of Heat Twitter, of the, the side of Heat Twitter that cares about net rating, uh, on-off numbers, all, you know, just the, the, the advanced stuff. So he's become this analytical darling of that crowd. And somehow, it's, there's the other crowd just resents that, I guess. I don't know if it's like a uh, uh, schoolyard bully nerd thing. I don't know exactly what's going on. But it's also the same. So you get the people who, don't, who aren't into the numbers, aren't into the analytics. And they're usually the guys who love a guy like Hassan Whiteside. Or Deion Wade or somebody who just puts up who puts up big counting stats, the points, the rebounds, the blocks, the assists, you know, that that top layer of numbers that is just really easy to consume. So I understand where they where some people are coming from when they don't like justice because he doesn't he's not flashy. A lot of the things he does for the team don't show up in box scores. And if you're not if you're not paying attention to the net ratings and on off numbers and defensive ratings and you know you're 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 not peeling through uh, bballreference.com like you're not going to see all this stuff so it's just easier to just come out there and 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 just look at the top layer and say he's no good because he doesn't he what 14 points a game six assists six rebounds it's just it's not it's not jumping off the page at you plus he had so much hype coming in so now it, what the percentages of fans who who are quote-unquote hate justice, I think it's the same thing that you see on Twitter. It's about like 60-40 probably. You got 60% of the fan base that are going to support the guy just because he's a, Heat. he's a Heat player. They see what he does on the court, and then you're going to have the other 40% that for some reason want to just tear the kid down.
1: Well, I, I think it's... I think among the Heat fan base, I think there's probably more support than that, honestly. I I think we're... I think we're overreacting to a few people. I just think they're shrill. I think they're shrill, and I think a lot of them, I, I'm, frankly, just don't understand a lot of the game. Now, I'm, again, I don't want to say <laughs> – you know, in certain aspects of the game, I don't understand as much as others. I mean, you put me in a room with Cooper Moorhead or Nakias Duncan, and you know, I'm gonna, my eyes are going to be rolling back in my head because those guys are so smart about basketball and there's certain things that I don't see. But there's certain things that I do see from doing this for 25 years and covering Eric Spolstra – you know, pretty much from the very beginning. Right. And especially since he became a head coach is, is I, I do have a trust in the guys that Eric plays a lot. Okay. Because he's smart (laughs) and there's a reason he's playing a guy so many minutes because he sees something. It doesn't mean he's always right. It doesn't mean even that I always agree, but like, I understand why he would want to use a guy like justice Winslow. And I understood why he stuck with him, Couple years ago, when he hadn't played well most of the year and put him in a playoff series against Philadelphia, and he was even though his stats in that series were not great, um, he he was one of the most Heat's most impactful players and, and changed the energy of games. So I'm going to trust the people who know more than me, and the people who know more than me seem still trust Justice Winslow when he's playing. Now, let's get to the next topic because I think this, there is a topic with Justice that is that we should talk about, which is that he's not available very much. And and I think both you and I have downplayed this a lot. Um, he's basically missed a third of his games, okay? Um, and I'm not just talking about this year. I'm talking about going back now. And I, I think we need to, you know, guys get a, a label of being injury prone. I hate the label injury prone because a lot of injuries are luck, right? And the, and some of them take more time to come back from. To me, the only injuries that you can blame a player for are ones that are conditioning related, okay? Or Maybe a guy is just doesn't have the highest pain tolerance. And that's why he sits out longer than he should. I think those are things we can look at with justice. But now the, the the head injury, which, you know, we all said he probably shouldn't have gone back in that game against Denver. I'm never going to criticize a guy for missing time for a head injury, particularly when he's in the NBA's concussion protocol. So to me, those games that he missed for the head injury, I'm throwing those out. Okay. Like I, I don't, I'm not gonna make a big deal of those. Now this latest thing um and how long it's taking him to come back this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest miami heat game i've got a better idea a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time the question is time for what if time was unlimited to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat. From this and some of the other situations that he's had, I think we can have a reasonable conversation about whether or not the Heat can go forward with Justice as a core piece if he's going to be missing as much time as he's missed for those kind of things, not for the head injury. Do you think that's a fair conversation to have?
0: I really do, and this is this is something I'm I'm just coming around to uh, lately. Actually, um, and like you said before, I did a lot of defending of him and defending the time missed, defending his play on the court. But we've come to this point now that the Heat are winning without him, but we see it loud and clear, right in front of our face. How uh, what an addition he could be if he was out there? And uh, you had you sent me the the numbers yesterday. I think it was. A uh, guy on Twitter, Doctor Pablo something, uh, who's actually a real life doctor. Yeah, the great Pablo Pistola, I believe. Is Pablo Pistola. Yeah, he's missed 113 out of 353 career regular season games. Now we know a lot of that came that second year, but it seemed. But this is. It's not. It, it didn't end there. It, it's it seems to be there's continuing issue after issue after issue and they're always different you have the back strain you have the knee problem you have this you have that now listen i'm not i'm not in the training room i'm i don't know his body i don't know what he's actually going through but it. It start maybe this time start having the conversation of what is you know they i hate the injury prone label too because that just sometimes just doesn't make any sense right. but what is going on with justice Winslow that he just can't seem to sustain long stretches on the floor without, without missing time due to injury.
1: And, and I don't want to be unfair to justice in another way. Goran just has missed a lot of time recently too. Right. So I, I don't want to be unfair and just put justice sort of on, a, you know, we're doing a waiters episode, a waiters Island here. When I, I want to put him on an Island and say, it's just justice. That's, that's been nicked. They've missed Goran in some ways. They've missed Goran more than justice lately because they missed that scoring off the bench, and, and they've had to. I, I give them credit for what they've done to get to 19 and seven and, and nearly win the Laker game. Probably could have won the Laker game if not for that bad call at the end. And then, you know, obviously to pull out the Dallas game, you know, whether Luca or no Luca. But they've missed Goron too, and Goron has had trouble staying out. But Goron is in his early 30s, right? There's an expectation that you're yeah. gonna, a guy in his early 30s has to be managed, particularly a guy who plays the way Goron plays, right? <laughs> he plays. I mean, not that Justice doesn't play hard. Justice plays hard, but like Goran is on the floor a lot. Goran is is smaller in build than Justice is. Um Goran plays in the paint quite a bit. At least he used to even more than he does now. So I don't I don't want to say it's just Justice. They miss Goran too. But I will tell you this. Okay, the I'm trying to put a, del- a delicate way of putting this, out, So let me put it out there. I I, I have never I have not heard anything. From anybody inside the organization about Goron and being concerned about this lack of availability, other than he's an older guy and we kind of need to manage it in some ways the way we manage Dwayne. Okay. I have heard some of it about justice. Not from everybody, but a little bit of, okay, we need him on the floor. <laughs> you know, um, he's 23, he's a young, strong guy we need him out there more often. And, and I, so I think it is a reasonable conversation to have at this stage, like, okay, you know, is he seriously injured or is he just hurt and has a pain tolerance situation where, you know, he needs to come back maybe a little sooner and try to play through it. Those are things I think we need to monitor because even taking the head injury out, okay, he still has missed roughly, I just did the numbers about 26% of his games in the NBA. All right. Even if you take the head injury out of the equation. So it's yeah. a lot. It's that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, Blake Griffin, I'm not comparing justice to Blake as a player, but Blake Griffin, you know, got a reputation to be Joel Embiid. I mean, these, you know, the, they played about, you know, 60 to 70% of available games. I mean, that's about where justice is right now. And if he's that way at 23 in the heat program, where is he going to be at 26, 27, 28? I just think it's a reasonable conversation to have without getting into the the bustus idiots and all the rest of that who can't see his value on the floor. We wouldn't be talking about him, Alf, and his availability if we didn't think he had value to the team. He does, okay? He does. And and so they need and they that's the one thing I think that's still on the table for them this year is they need to figure out the the connection offensively between Jimmy and Justice and whether it's going to work down the stretch of games and they just have not had the opportunity to do it because, you know, Jimmy missed a little time at the beginning of the season but mostly because Justice has been out.
0: Well, and then here's the other question. Over the summer, me, you and I, we harped over, over again that he should be the starting point guard. So we, we you know, I, I, I think a lot of Heat fans agreed, and he came in as the starting point guard. How do you justify putting him back in the starting lineup now after missing so much time? How are you going to disrupt the chemistry? When you look at the, the, the numbers for the starting five this year, they're one of the best four- and five-man units in the entire league. So you, it's, it, so how do you justify putting Justice back in that lineup, especially not just because when he comes back, okay, but you never know when he's going to miss more time again. So how do you get into a rhythm in that way? And also, Justice is a kind of player that we've seen him when in new situations, it's, 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 sometimes it gets off to a rough start, like it has with Jimmy, like it did with Goran, where he was standing around a lot of time. Gym, uh, Justice needs reps needs reps and time on the floor. How do you get that consistently if he can't if he's not healthy enough to suit up at night after night? If he's going to miss one out of every five or one out of every four or one out of every three games, there's there's no consistency. You can't get a rhythm.
1: Yeah, that's true, and, and he that's why I said. I mean, this is something that look they're what are they now? 26 games in the season. They're roughly a third of the way into the season. You need to start to figure some of that stuff out. I don't think Justice comes back into the starting lineup when he comes back. I don't think the starting lineup is going to be changed for a while. I, I think we are where we are with it. I know we've talked about, you know, Hero and Olinic possibly getting in there. I don't know that Kelly's been consistent enough to really – I know you you talk about – a lot of people talk about he ne- he needs reps too and the ball needs to be in his hands. I don't know that he's been consistent enough to justify that at this stage. And, and we've seen with Hero, you know, since he had the 27-point explosion, he had a couple of rough games, he had a bounce back against – against dallas i know he was sick for one of those two games that was a rough game but i mean i you know i none's outplayed him the past three games overall so i i don't know that you can justify that move and i don't think there's any way you can justify taking duncan out right now you just can't i mean he's he's too important to their spacing and he's gotten so much better. i really recommend people listen to the episode i did with Andy, Andy ellisberg and, and adam simon two heat executives about the G League, but for all of it, but primarily for the discussion about Duncan, because it, it kind of exemplifies everything the Heat organization is trying to do, developing players in one guy. All right. So check that out. We're going to get to a new type of segment here after the break. But first, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can check them out 24 hours a day at onecalllegal.com. Onecalllegal.com. That's spelled out O N E. They handle cases from all over the state and all kinds of different specialties of law, but particularly personal injury, traffic, tickets, immigration, and much, much more. They're based in North Miami. We actually share an office with them. So go say hello to David, Eric, and everybody else at Seltzer Mayberg. If you need a pro- you know, help with a problem, which a lot of people do, all kinds of different problems that they can handle for you, Onecalllegal.com. Mention five reasons when you go. All right, Alf, we're not going to dwell on the two games individually I don't want to nitpick officiating and the calls at the end you know the two-minute report which I know Dwayne used to rail against the two-minute report what's the point of the two-minute report it just makes people angry right and it just made people angry because they missed two calls on Jimmy Butler's last shot you know one was a foul before the before the shot LeBron James another was a foul during the shot Anthony Davis Jimmy goes to the line I think he makes all three maybe he doesn't but either way, he would have had the opportunity. And then the Dallas game, missing Luca. I have one takeaway from from the two games, and I want to get your takeaway from the two games. Um, Bam Adebayo is already elite. <laughs> I I think we've been having these kind of conversations, like who's the Heat's second most important player? You know, could could he he'd be a candidate for MIP, Most Improved Player, and all the? Rest. I mean, those conversations are are mute at this point. It's I mean he. He is a candidate for most improved player. In fact, in my view, him and Devonta Graham from uh, Charlotte are the front runners for that. And Bam's team is winning. And he's going to be an all-star. He's going to be the Heat's second all-star in Chicago. There's no way the coaches aren't going to put him on the team. No way, okay? He's going to be an all-star. And so I just think that's where we are with him. I was looking at you know, some of the, the defensive metrics today, and it's basically him, Drummond, and Giannis. As the three top guys in the league for defense, I think it's defensive, uh, you know, box, you know, plus minus. He's and a they league. have that
0: TPA, that TPA stat. He's number one. He's right, you're, you're right. It's Giannis, Andre, and Bam. No matter it's what, him. no matter how you look at, how, no matter how you look at the defensive numbers, he's right now. You you can solidly put him in as a top three defensive player in the league right now.
1: Correct, and he's he's a top two passing center in the league right now, along with Jokic. He's having a better year than Jokic. Look at the numbers across the board. I mean, I I don't know that there are three bigs, more than three bigs having a better season than him. He is, and I'm going to put it out there right now. I mean, I I love the season Jimmy's having. I love him from a leadership perspective. He's been everything you want and more. Um, Just like, you know, Eric used to talk about Chris Bosh being the Heat's most important player. And a lot of people scoffed at that. And when you had LeBron James at you know the peak of his powers, and you still had Dwayne Wade on the roster, I think right now Bam Adebayo is the Heat's most important player. Like, if I was to say, can you lose Jimmy for three weeks and survive it, provided that the rest of your roster is healthy, right? Provided that Justice is back and Goran is back, can you survive it? I think you can survive it. Can you take Bam off this team for three weeks and survive it?
0: not with they would have to change everything they do defensively because he's so important of what basically how they run their entire scheme you'd have to change everything it makes Myers Leonard and they, he makes Myers Leonard and Kelly Olinick different players he allows you to play guys like um, Duncan Robinson against tough uh, tough matchups because like and I, I'm not going to say anything bad about Duncan Robinson's defense he's actually been quite good this year but you, your Duncan Robinsons, Tyler Heroes, Kendrick Nunn, some of, your, some of your guys who are not as elite defensively as, let's say, a Jimmy Butler or Justice Winslow or a Bam, Bam, get, he get, you, you're able to make more mistakes, right, because Bam is out there to clean things up. So without Bam, some of these guys are not as playable as they are right now. So, yeah, so three weeks without Bam, I mean, it would, it would be a harder adjustment in my eyes than losing Jimmy. But I still, I will disagree with you there. I think Jimmy's still their most important player, um, because of the closing aspect, and because he's there night after night. And if you didn't have Jimmy, I mean, you just couldn't score. <laughs> I mean, well, right, um, no, no,
1: he, he sets a lot of other guys up. I, I think, well, maybe they could, but and we'd have to see Justice and Goron for long stretches, right? Like, I, I think. Part of it is we say they could. I mean, the season opener, they scored a bunch, right? Um, You know, it it took them a while against Memphis the first time, and that's their opponent that's coming up. They were down actually through three quarters by one, I believe. Uh, But Justice made every play in the fourth quarter for them. And so I I think he's capable of doing it. But like we've talked about, there's availability issues there. There's availability issues with Goron. I mean, you could spread the floor and still have some success. I just think defensively, I don't know what you would do. I guess you'd probably, you know, he'd probably start Silva. For him, I, I would think uh, rather than, than go small and play Myers, maybe with, with Derek Jones Jr., you know, as, as the four, it could do that, or maybe even just put Kelly in in the starting lineup, possibly. But I, I just don't think they can afford to lose him. I mean, he made, again, we talk about making plays down the stretch. I mean, Bam made the majority of the significant plays down the stretch. Um, I know people are getting a little tired of kind of the Jimmy pull up three in those situations, kind of the kill three. It reminds me of Dwayne um but bam was their best player down the stretch last night and he's been their most i I think consistent guy this season in a lot of ways there's some things he still needs to improve on he needs to take that jumper more often um there's i i feel like spolster at some point needs to trust him to play you know without foul trouble or through foul trouble so he can play the best big on the other team defensively more often but He's, he's a top 12 player in the Eastern Conference right now. He's an all-star. Like, I, I'm going to Chicago for all-star weekend. He will be playing in the game. He will be playing in the game. Uh, so, I mean, he, that's – to me, when you're 22 and you're an all-star already, you're elite. That's where – it doesn't mean there's no room for growth, but you're elite.
0: And what he's done offensively, some of the – I mean, one of the things over the last few years would drive me crazy watching him is he'd be face up to the basket and he just would not look to score. He always looked to pass. Always looked for the pocket pass, um, <clears throat> and I mean, it's great that he's a great. He's a really good passer for a big. He's, just, he's an elite passing big, if you want. If you want to call him that, but he was never looking for his own offense. He is starting to look for his own offense. He did. A, he had a Hakeem Olajuwon dream shake yeah, yesterday. That was insane. That was. Oh my! But that's we've seen. We've seen him do that with Chris mm-hmm. Bosh in mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. We've seen him do those. Do that stuff in an open gym. And sometimes I'm like, I feel like he doesn't trust his own athleticism at times. But mm-hmm. if he's playing some of these slow-footed bigs, he can do that more and more often. The, he did the little fake Jason Williams behind the back pass and, and a little flip into the basket the other day. I mean, <laughs> the things that this guy can do, the skill set that he has, I mean, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Well, I
1: feel we've underrated it. I, I, I think that as, much, as high as you and I were on him, you know, when Derek Jones Jr. came on our podcast last year and said that Bam's a better dunker than him because he's more athletic, you kind of laugh at it, but then you're like, okay, ma- I mean, it's a high bar. But it's not so crazy. I talked to someone close to Jimmy this week who said, Jimmy, is just it's not just that they've become friends. He's overwhelmed with Bam's potential. I mean, basically he said he's never played with the big, you know, quite like this on both ends. That's what was put to me. Now, he's played with Carl Anthony Towns, and Towns has become a much better defender this season but Bam's defensive upside is higher than Towns is. Right. So I, you know, and in Chicago, he played with Noah who, but that was all hustle, heart, energy, et cetera. Right. I mean, and no, we know, you know, Joachim also a great passer by the way, in his prime, but, but, but not a skilled offensive player. I mean, look at that shot. Right. You know, so Jimmy has not, you know, and then he goes to Philadelphia and he played with Embiid briefly. um, But, you know, again, what I was told was on both ends, he feels that Bam's upside, you know, is right there with him or, or perhaps higher. So, I, you know, there's things that MB does that Bam doesn't do yet or may never do, but there are some things that Bam does that nobody else in the league can do. I just can't do it. And the other thing about Bam, we talk about availability, Alf. He never misses a game. Never misses a game. Last, again, he, there was a question about him last week, and he played. He, he played all 82 last season. So I think that's a big deal. One takeaway from you from the last two games.
0: Um, the takeaway, and I, we talk, we've talked about it a little bit. I wish we talked about it a lot. They, they need Justice and Gron back. And they're getting away with it right now. But they need those guys back because those are your, both of your point guards. Those are the guys who set up offense, who carry you through stretches of the game. Because Jimmy has to rest at some point. I mean, yesterday they played eight guys on a back to back on the road, they pl- only played eight guys yesterday. And the, we've seen the end of games where Jimmy looks exhausted because he's having to carry the load, So not just defensively, and he's having to carry the load offensively as well. So he's missing Justice on the defensive side of the floor where Justice could, could pick up some of these harder, ma- these tougher matchups and spell him a little bit. And he, they're, they're missing him when he goes to the bench when Goron would come in there, and Goron would give you 18, 19, 20, 21 points a night. So without those two guys right now, there are stretches of the game, and we saw it against the Lakers. Um, you saw it last night. You saw it on um, – I can't – who did they play the game before? The Bulls? Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I think it was – well, it was Atlanta, right? Tuesday. Atlanta.
0: You saw it even against Atlanta. There's just these stretches of the game where offensively, offensively it just looks bad, and they need Goron for those stretches. And so that's my biggest takeaway. They're, they're, they've survived some of these injury issues, but going forward, they're going to have to figure something out. They need justice. They need going back. They need to stop playing Jimmy's uh, high 30s, low 40 minutes. All these overtime games is going to come back to bite them later.
1: It's not just the minutes uh, and the ball handling. It's that I think one of the reasons that Jimmy's shooting numbers are down so much is because there's no one setting him up. You know, I, I, I feel like he can't get in a rhythm. I mean, he, the ball's in his hands all the time. He's trying to create for others. He's not a great jump shooter to begin with. And he's got a flat jumper. We've talked about it. Uh, He feel like he needs his legs into it. He hasn't had his legs in some situations. They're not really able to run anything to get him a little bit of space where maybe he can get more to the mid-range game. Everything has basically been to the basket, which is great. He's getting to the line. But I I just feel like, you know, if to somebody else who's getting him the ball on the block, right, where I think he's really good and creates mismatches, to somebody else who's getting him, you know, to, to space, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15 feet. Or maybe even getting him a corner three, you know, you know, in terms of uh, with a little bit more time on a possession, they haven't had that because there's no one else on the team who can do it um, with that. I mean, Tyler Hero might get there eventually. It's not Kendrick Nunn's skill set, right? So there's no one else who can do it. So it, they need Dragos or Winslow back. I agree with you. All right, new segment here on the pod, and then we're going to get to our new sign off. And again, I remind you about the Gold Club uh, six o'clock on Wednesday. We went a little longer today on this episode, but there's been a lot to to get to. Uh, We're introducing something based on our podcast name. What's our five on the floor? So let's get to the next couple of games. We've got Memphis coming up and Philadelphia. Down the stretch of games, Alf, who should be the Heat's five on the floor?
0: Right, well, I'm gonna skip over Memphis because I don't. I honestly don't even know who's on their roster. So, so we're well, gonna go the, to the likely rookie of the year.
1: And and by the way, um, Jaren Jaren is pretty damn good too. Um, he had what he 43 the other night, including I think six threes. There's some young talent there, so don't sleep on them long term. They'll have energy, but, but it's a game you should win. I agree.
0: I'm I'm sleeping on them for tomorrow because I really want to get to the Sixers matchup. For the Sixers. The last, the five on the floor probably should be, are, are we counting Justice and Goran or are we just leaving them out right now?
1: Well, look, I don't think Joe Goran's going to be back in the next couple games. Don't hold me to it. But from what I heard about the injury when it first happened, uh, he felt it was pretty bad. I, you know, we're, we're, we're two weeks. Um, I always heard it be two or more, but it could be three or more. So I don't think they'll have Goron. I think it's possible they'll have Justice, but some of it comes down to these kind of pain management issues we talked about. Let's assume Justice, but no Goron.
0: So oh, if we're assuming Justice is playing, you're gonna go. Well, I would. I would go with Justice, Hero, Duncan, Butler, Bam. Um, I love it's the here. yeah, it's small, but you don't going big against the the Sixers isn't gonna work because you got you don't have guys big enough. Mm. so you might as well take advantage and space the floor and try to get some of those bigs out, outside of the paint. And Bam has to do more from the perimeter. He has to, he has to shoot. He has to, he has to go at Embiid a little bit more than he has in the past. This whole uh, Embiid just sagging off of him and basically playing free safety in the middle, a guy that Embiid's side, it just completely cuts off the paint. So there's going to be things that they have to do, but to me, the spacing of Hero and uh, of hero and Robinson mixed with the defensive uh, capabilities of those other three guys. It's just, it's the way you have to go. And let's, unless, unless somebody else really has it going that night. um, None has been playing really, really well. I just don't like him as much in the closing situations Mm -hmm. because I don't like some of the decisions he makes with the ball. And I think we've talked about it a lot. The, and, I was talking to Nikias Duncan at the game the other night. He he misses a lot of these pocket passes, skip passes, different things he could do to open up the offense. He's not – in my opinion, he hasn't really gotten there yet. He's gotten better, but to close out a game, I trust Hero and Duncan more than I trust him to make the right pass and to make the right decision.
1: You know who I'm going to throw in the mix here is one of my five um, against Philadelphia, provided he's playing as well as he's played lately. Is Derek Jones Jr. I, I think there's a role for Derek in this kind of situation. We saw it against the Lakers. Derek plays well against me. Uh He is lame. Okay. Uh, and, and I think energy. And the other thing you mentioned with Nun, and with D.J.J. And I think this. Some of this is Nun has some tunnel vision, but I think some of this is a product of length of time in the Heat system. That I feel like Derek Jones Jr. has turned the corner now, where he's consistently making the right play. Whereas I don't know that none is there. I think none is a more skilled offensive player than Derek is by far much better ball handler, much better shooter, et cetera. But I feel like Derek Jones Jr. Like I'm, I don't have any of those moments with him like a year or so ago where it's like, Ooh, okay. You got to get Derek off the floor because he's not, you know, he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't make the right pass or he doesn't, you know, he doesn't rotate out to the right guy. Like I feel like he's doing all those things now. Like he's doing a lot of very subtle things for an athletic player and it's intriguing to me, and I think against a team like Philadelphia, like for instance, like you know, if whether you have justice, don't have justice. If you don't have justice, he's definitely going to play those minutes. But
0: if you definitely, if you,
1: but but if you do, even if you do have justice, like to have another guy to throw. Let's say Josh gets all goes off again, like he did the last game. Putting Derek on him is a way to control that a, a little bit. So I I think I think you're going to see more of Derek Jones Jr. I think they've just kind of. They were but so who do you t- a, little, a little bit who, and seeing where it would go? And I think it's been so encouraging, I think you're going to see more of it, particularly at the four.
0: Who do you take out?
1: Well, Bam and Jimmy, obviously, um, and Duncan. Um, and I think, I think basically you then the fifth guy becomes if it's Winslow, it's Winslow. If he's there, if it's Goron, like I said, I don't think it's going to be Goron, or it could be Hero, or it could be none, depending on circumstance. But I, I think that. You're looking at – I think Bam – I think Duncan has made himself, you know, almost an every-night option in those situations. And he he hits
0: clutch threes. He hits clutch threes. He's not afraid.
1: And he's not – he's positionally, he's playing well defensively. He's not a plus rebounder, but he's holding his own in some of those situations. I I don't have any issue with playing Duncan down the stretch of those games, and he gives you more size than Harrow or Nunn do. So, look, there's another reason. I'm going to come back to this. I think we close with this. This is another reason why I'm going to trust Eric Spolster more than I'm going to trust like some dude with, you know, no headshot in his avatar on Twitter. Like, you know, it's about playing certain guys because it doesn't mean the coach is always right. We're going to be critical when there are situations that warrant it or when there are mistakes that are made. But like, look at, look at some of the decisions that Eric's made this year. Like everybody hated, I'm not going too far by saying everybody, everybody hated how much Duncan was playing coming out of preseason because he couldn't make a shot. Right. And look how that's been rewarded. So if Eric Spolstra thinks that Justice Winslow went available as a 30-minute-a-game player, I'm going to trust Eric Spolstra over, you know, Bleepin' Blue Radio or whatever the names are. Okay, let's let's just go there. All right, so is that a good way to close, Alf? Is that a good way to close?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Bleep and Blue Radio. <laughs>
1: All right, come to our watch party. Alf's keeping his clothes on. We're going to give you the shirts off our back, but not literally. Six o'clock, Wednesday night. We'll have another podcast coming up early in the week. Um, Although one we're really looking forward to Myers Leonard and L Leonard, his wife, who, who is a better shooter than anybody on the Cleveland Cavaliers roster. Trust
0: me. Uh, I think it's Ellie.
1: Is it Ellie? Do I, I, he says Ellie. Okay. Go with Ellie. All right. So Myers (laughs) and Ellie Leonard are likely going to join us at some point this week. Thanks for joining us on five on the floor. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.